we get so out of touch with ourselves and we forget why we're doing this to begin with. Why did we get into singing? If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome. I am so happy you're here. Thanks for joining me again today. I am excited about the show. We got some great information and wonderful resources for you today. I'm really excited about this um, because I love to share information. I love to share what I know. And as soon as I learn something, I love to let everybody know about it. I had a pretty, you know, I was actually thinking about, I had a pretty um, gig packed weekend. I had gigs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I had a church gig. And I was thinking, you know, such a big part of this work is relationships. And, you know, I was thinking, gosh, you know, the reason I had those gigs is because I was subbing. I started off subbing for a friend. And in each of those gigs that I have now, which are kind of, I guess, permanent gigs, um, it's because I was filling in for somebody um, who knew me and who knew what I do and who I am friends with. And, um, you know, I've just got genuine relationships with the, with the people I'm, I'm subbing with. And I, I think that sometimes we get a little bit, um, we get a little bit, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say desperate, but um, we just get, start feeling a little bit, some agita about um, making the connections that we need to make. And I always feel like the connections that you need to make um, that you're going to make are going to be genuine ones and you are just going to find your people. You know what I mean? You're going to create your community and you're going to have your singers that you call who are your go-to and who you can trust and, um, you know, who are your friends and you just know that they know what they're doing. And, you know, luckily I am that person for a few people and some people, you know, are uh, those people for me. So, you know, the, it's just a genuine thing, but I think it, it is really just about who you know. And my husband always says, you know, if it's about who you know, um, then your job is to know people or part of your job is to know people. So, you know, I thought I'd just pass that along, but I had some some fun gigs. Um, you know, Saturday I, I played with um, Pretzel Logic. It's a Steely Dan review. And I got into that music because um, I started working with that band. And at first, that's one band that I started off, you know, subbing for. And and now I'm on as a as a member. Um, and, um, you know, really great music. Fantastic band. They've been playing together almost 20 years um, and, you know, if you're on the email list, um, join the email list, <laughs> join my email list so you can know where and when we're playing next, because that's where I announce that kind of stuff. And I'd love to, um, you know, to see you at a gig, you know, and, um, I think that would be fun. 
And you can get on my newsletter at um, on my website, jamilaford.com, J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D.com. Or you can um, find the link in my Instagram bio. And Sunday I had a church gig, all contemporary music. And um, that's another one I subbed for. And then they asked me to be part of the regular rotation. So it's a cool thing. And I think that's how things happen. That's kind of the way it goes. That's the natural flow of things. I don't think we can, you know, strangle it and force it. It just, you know, is about just like doing the work and just being the best you can be. And then, you know, those things just come, you know, they just come because people notice, you know, those things come to you because people notice. And, um, you know, it's just kind of the natural order of things, I think. Um, and today, you know, I did a fun singer hang. Um, my new friend, Ed Zajac, has been holding these um, singer breakfasts for the past couple of years, and I just had never been able to go to one. And I finally went today, and they're doing sort of a pre-tax, because um, we were all getting our taxes done within the next couple of weeks, so we did a pre-tax singer hang. Um, had breakfast at this place called um, 4 and 20 in the Valley, and um, it was just fun. You know, I got to see some people, some singers I hadn't seen in, seen in a long time and got to know some new ones. And that's always fun. And then we sang a song together. It was a Beatles song. I think it's called Tax Man, if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> so that was a lot of, you know, a lot of fun, good food um, and just some good, some nice community being built there. You know, I, I was thinking when I was there, you know, this is such a nice time and these are such genuinely good people. And it's not generally something that I feel like the entertainment business or even LA is known for, but you know, it's generally about how nobody's from here and they're all trying to just operate and, you know, see what they can get. But, you know, I haven't found that to be completely true, at least to the people who, of the people who, you know, are kind of in my immediate circle. You know, all of us genuinely want to connect with other people and, you know, have genuine friendships, you know. Um, and I know that I have those, you know. I, I know that I've got those friends in Los Angeles who I can call when I need advice and, um, you know, when I'm feeling like a crazy person and, you know, they can call me too. And, you know, it's all good, but... You know, I just um, sometimes I defend L.A. because <laughs> I live here and, you know, I just know I'm not one of those people. And um, I know that, you know, the people that I've become close to over the years are, are not those people. And I'm, I was just really grateful to to just kind of have that today and and disprove that theory a little bit. So I'm adding a new thing in at the top of the show because you guys have been writing in and I'm really appreciating it. And I'm appreciating your reviews um, on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate that. And I love that you're listening. I love that you are, um, you know, learning something and, and getting something out of it and feeling fed and feeling supported. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So I have a listener shout out today. And today's is Ashley Stanbury. And she reached out to me on Facebook. So Ashley says, once again, thank you for doing this podcast. I look forward to it every week. So glad you are interviewing singers from different genres. You are awesome. Ashley, you're awesome. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate it. I love connecting with you guys, so keep them coming. You can reach me on Facebook. I'm at Jamila Ford. Instagram, Jamila Ford Music. 
and Twitter, Jamila Ford. I'm on all the social medias. And you can also email me, Jamila at JamilaFord.com. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D, like the car, dot com. So we have a fantastic show for you today. Um, our guest today is Felice Hernandez, who, as far as singers go in L.A., she's just a total fixture, um, has uh, sung background for the likes of Josh Groban, Neil Young, Alejandro Fernandez, you know, just to name a few, Michael McDonald's, who I love. And you've definitely heard Felice's voice on film and TV. Credits include uh, Pitch Perfect 2, Battlestar Galactica, Don't Forget the Lyrics, 90210, the Latin Grammys, American Music Awards. Very long list of credits. So cool. Felice is also a co-creator of the Empowered Singer Workshops held here in Los Angeles. Um, she created those with Celia Chavez, who is on episode one um, of this podcast. So if you haven't caught it yet, please do. Um, and um, they've got some events coming up. I'm going to give you the dates at the end of, of the show and give you a little more detail about, um, you know, go into a little more detail about what those uh, workshops are um, at the end of the show. But um, they're amazing. Um, they're Like I said, they're here in Los Angeles. Um, I have taken the Harmony Workshop, and I've been singing Harmony for a long time. I've been singing for a long time, and, you know, in all honesty, I didn't know uh, exactly what um, what else I was going to learn. So arrogant, but <laughs> that's what I thought. And then, you know, I took that um, Harmony Workshop, and that is one that Celia leads, and it was so good, just so – just, it just really tightened things up for me, you know, because when you've been doing something for so long, you can get lazy about it. You can get uh, maybe even bored with your own process. Maybe you're not even thinking about your process. You know, you're not like so. I think to workshop things like that um, keeps it fresh and it and it definitely you know tunes your ear in another way. And that's what happened for me. And um, you know, I can't sing the praises enough for that. So I'm going to give you the details at the end of the show. Um, and Felice has been on the scene for a minute. So, you know, she's got a lot of wonderful advice, some golden nuggets of wisdom that I am so excited for you to hear. Um, without further ado, Felice Hernandez. So, you know, first of all, thank you a ton for doing this. Uh, you know, uh, I've been, I know I've, I've known you for a few years and I've watched you and I just, I think you're so fabulous. And so I'm really honored that you're... <laughs> Really honored that you're doing this, and and I know that people are going to learn a lot from from listening to this interview. So, thank you so much. Well, thank you. Ah, my pleasure. <laughs> honored, honored on this. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, you know, let's just start from the beginning. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Whittier, California. So I'm an LA native, one of the few. Nice. I didn't. Yeah. Very cool. And what was it like growing up there? Pretty just typical suburbia. You know, uh, it's a very small town kind of feel. Um, it's a Quaker town. So I, I don't know if that makes a difference. It's just there's there's some kind of feel of like a historic mm. Whittier. Um, the first five years of my life, though, I actually didn't live anywhere, really, because my dad, who is also a musician, he plays guitar, um, oh, wow. was in a show band. Back in the 70s, you know, that was a different time for music when... Um, top 40 bands as we have here would actually go on tour and like be like a headliner at a club for like two weeks and people would go and see them and it would be like a variety show mm. and costumes and all this kind of stuff. So my dad actually did that 
um, when he and my mom first got married. And then when I came into the picture, I just went along for the ride until I was school-aged. Wow. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, I remember some of it, you know, mostly the stuff that little kids remember, like hotel rooms and pools and Shirley Temples. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Stuff like that. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there was lots of music all the time and we would drive everywhere. So um, mm. my dad had a VW bus. And I was in the back without a car seat, probably. Oh, God. And How did we survive? Bless. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, listening to Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan and, mm. uh, gosh, a lot of Rufus, too. Mm. Stuff like that, yeah. A lot of 70s pop is what I grew up on. And some country, too. My dad liked country because you, you would listen to these um, stations when you're out on the road, and you would just get a lot of country, too. So that's... Mm. Yeah, heard a lot of music. Was your mom a musician too, or? No, mom was mom. Um, she worked for a little while as a dental assistant when we needed some extra money um, when my brother was going to college. But um, no, she was home. So my dad was able to make it work wow. to uh, support a family of four and uh, send us off to college and everything, doing music. So that was a good example. Oh, wow right there yeah very cool and uh mm -hmm. did you ever perform on stage with your dad like as a kid or you know i my earliest memory of that was i believe first grade and they had a school talent show and i think it was probably my dad's idea you know i don't think it was my idea at all but i liked raggedy ann and there was this raggedy ann song and my dad thought it'd be cute if i dressed up in a costume like raggedy ann and got up on the stage mm. and he would play guitar and back me up Aww. And uh, yeah, I remember the song clearly, and uh, I must have got a lot of cute factor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is adorable. Because <laughs> I remember, like, after the talent show, like, all these, uh, you know, old kids, older kids at my elementary school, like, stopping me at recess saying, Sing the song, sing the song. Do you remember the song? I'm, my eyes, like, <laughs> I'm just a rag dolly. Happy and smiling all day. Wow. A little rag dolly. Wishing your worries away. Right, let me, I'll get the rest of it. And I say, oh, golly, this is too good to be true. A little rag dolly, sweet as can be, can be friends with so many like you. Uh, and, and then we did it twice to three or three times through. That's all there was to the song. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's so sweet. I love it so much. <laughs> Um, so when did you start performing? When did you start getting into, well, you you start, you're performing then, but like, when did you start, I guess, taking it seriously and, and kind of doing your own thing? I didn't take music seriously probably till I got to college. I actually, no, yes, that was my first performance in first grade singing in front of the school, mm -hmm. but I was very shy about singing. Um, mm. I had the performance bug mm. early mm. on. Um, I loved dancing. And so all through school and high school, everybody knew me as a dancer. Nobody knew a thing um, about me singing whatsoever. And even my parents didn't really know. Oh, I was wow. very shy about it. Um, but I went to dance classes when I was little because I was pigeon-toed. Oh. I was pigeon-toed and the doctor says, put her in ballet, it'll help her turn her feet out and it'll help her straighten out her hips. And uh, mm. you know, going to dance class, you know, ended up doing every kind of dance you can think of tap and jazz and folklorico and uh and i think i took belly dancing later on all kinds of stuff just love dance so that's what i did but um 
yeah, I always loved music, but I was shy about mm. it. Um, until my senior year in high school, they had a musical and I just felt like, oh, I don't have to be shy now. I'm going to be leaving anyway. And if I suck and nobody likes me, that's okay. I'm going to be leaving. Who <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. cares? <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, I auditioned for the school musical. They did Grease mm. and I had to sing for the audition and I was cool with that. I don't know why. I guess it was just like my peers maybe that I was mm. shy about it, but, um, I auditioned and I landed the part of Rizzo and Rizzo has two solos. Look at me, I'm Sandra D. Mm -hmm. And um, there are worse things I can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that had a lot of people at my school with their jaw on the floor going, what? I didn't know she sang. Yeah. And then I kind of felt like, okay, I guess I'm pretty good. You know, I got, I got people's attention and they like it. And then I had a boyfriend at the time who had a band. And even then my boyfriend at that time, I was too shy for him to know that I sang, even though I really wanted to be in his band, his high school band. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so once the cat was out of the bag, it was like, okay, well, I guess you're gonna sing in the band. So we had like a, a project doing like house music techno. This is like the late 80s, early 90s when house music was mm -hmm. getting big and we loved electronic music. So that was my first thing. Mm. But I went to college at Loyola Marymount, mm. um, not studying music, because even though I had a great exa example of somebody who did music for a living, my father, mm -hmm. I didn't see music necessarily as a real career that I could pursue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you go to school and you're taught to get the grades, you're supposed to go to college, you land some kind of job, you do well, you had the family, blah, blah, blah. And I was just on that path that everybody mm. is told to go down. I'm like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'll go to college. And then somehow in college, my studies are going to help me figure out what I want to be. I don't know what I want to be, but I'll find it out. In the meantime, I'll have a little band with my boyfriend and maybe we'll get a record deal. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and so I went all the way through school, not really knowing what my career was going to be until I uh, mm. did an internship I knew I liked entertainment and I liked performing. And so I thought, well, I'll work in the offices or something. So I had internships working for different music um, companies. I worked for Rhino Records as an intern. I did oh, something wow. like a nightclub. R&B Live was a nightclub that I interned in the office a little bit. Mm. But then I ended up working, um, I got a summer job before my senior year, working for a management company. And we managed a group called Cecilia Noel and the Wild Clams. Oh yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, great band. They had a weekly residency at the Baked Potato and I used to go and I became a fan. Loved them, so much fun. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then of course, you know, sitting there at the club every week watching like god it would be so fun to be a backup singer in this band oh my god that would be it oh, I, if i got to sing in that band that would be like the coolest thing <sighs> and then i could die and be happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that would be it that would be like the ultimate thing right and by this time my boyfriend and i had broken up and the house band thing had fallen apart so i didn't have anything musical going on in my life at that time mm. um so the opportunity opened up where she needed someone mm. and i went ahead and pursued it. I just said, I know your songs. I know your choreography because I danced all my life. If you need me to fill in, let me know. And she gave me the opportunity and I started doing it and it was the best thing. I loved it. And, you know, making my, making money 
on a Monday night at the Big Potato and I split by is it like 13 people in that band or something? It's crazy, wow. right? Like huge band. So like at the end of the night, I think everybody made like 30 bucks or something ridiculously dumb. But like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I made $30. That's great. I'm making money do, doing music, you know? And it's fun. And um, I was, my senior year in, in college, making a little extra money. So that was a big deal. Um, and then I, that was kind of my moment where I went, okay, this could be something that I do. This could be... A career because I see everybody in this group here is either touring with somebody or they're doing um, session work. Um, they all read music. They're all quick to learn, and I—they were all pretty much the best in the business. The people in her band were like what everybody aspired to be. If you were a you know session musician or gigging musician, so I was like, okay. Uh, this could be something really cool to aspire to, and maybe I'll do that after I graduate. Mm. Wait, what were you gra- What were you majoring in? I was a humanities major. Okay. And humanities is basically like um, liberal studies without the science and math. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> not that I didn't like science and math, but once I got the calculus, I was like, I don't get. Oh my god! Yes. The humanities major was right for me. I don't think I was ready for a music degree anyway. I think back then it was either jazz or classical or at my school it was only mm. classical which i had no interest in um because mm. i was always a pop girl but anyway as a humanities major it was nice to be able to study all kinds of things i got to pick and choose which was mm. great like total freedom um i guess you could say i'm kind of free-spirited that way i just loved learning about things that i wanted to learn about and then you also have a concentration in a specific subject and the subject that i chose was philosophy which I love reasoning things mm. through. I'm very practical. I question things, not to be, you know, a pain in the ass or anything, but I just like to question things and get, get everything I need to know about it so I can make the decision to go, okay, now that I've seen both sides of this, this is where I think the decision should go. Or whether it's, a, you know, about a personal issue or a business issue or whatever, um, I just think philosophy is fun and, um, Mm, it just helps yeah. you explore your reality. Yeah, um, so in- yeah, I love that. So interesting. So you were in, you were singing back up in the Wild Clams. The Wild Clams. <laughs> I didn't want to get that name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> in the Wild Clams, and that that gave you kind of your uh, your push. And then what happened after that? After that. I think I told my parents what I wanted to do since graduation was right around the corner. It was like, are you going to look for a job? Um, And I thought, I think I want to pursue singing. Mm. You know, I'll get a job of some kind, but Mm. I think I want to gig or do sessions or learn to read, or I don't know. I just, I need to figure this out. Mm. Um, And my parents were always great because they let me be myself. I don't think they ever told me I had to be a certain way. They just kind of let me, dress funny if I dressed funny and say things I wanted to say and <laughs> nice <laughs> a lot of freedom which was great yeah, yeah. Um, a really awesome gift mm. from them so they were supportive of it and since my dad was still a gigging musician in town he didn't right. tour anymore um, as of age five he quit touring and he just worked in town doing mm. casual bands uh he had an agency uh booking special events and stuff like that so mm. He says, okay, well, if you want to start working, I'll buy you a mic. He gave me a mic and a cord, and 
think he handed me like a tambourine and a shaker and was like, yeah, you might need this on a gig sometime. And I'm like, for what? He's like, I, you'll find out. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I, why do I need this? Right? <laughs> um, so he, uh, he sent me off on a gig one time, not one of his, but somebody else he knew that needed a singer mm. uh, for like a private party. It was at the Peterson Museum in LA, that, that car museum. Oh, yeah. You've been there? Anyway, somebody had the party inside that showroom with all those fancy cars. It's really cool, but it's a really loud room. Just, you know, not the best acoustics. And uh, my dad gave me, kind of groomed me ahead of time, says, here, let's come up with a list of songs for you to sing. Usually chick singers don't have to do that much, you know. The other guys will be singing, they'll be playing. You'll probably do like 10 songs a whole night, maybe. I'm like, okay. So he says, okay, learn these 10 songs. So he wrote them down. We rehearsed them a little bit. Um, and then he says, yeah, so bring your mic and bring your list of songs. And the band is going to ask you for your song list. And, uh, you know, just sing them how you want. And if you're not singing, shake your shaker and it'll be fine. So <laughs> I get to the gig and the band leader says, let me see your song list. And it's literally like a piece of like college ruled paper ripped out of a notebook. Oh, wow. <laughs> with like 10 songs on it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like it was like, you're like making love, blue by you, all of me. Dancing right. in the street. I can't remember something right. like that, but the it was standard like, ones. Like, <laughs> but like ten songs. That was it. Wow. <laughs> and I remember the band leader's face looking at me like, um, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> right. So he calls the songs. I, I feel like I did pretty good on the songs that I did. Um, mm -hmm. But I remember picking up a tambourine and shaker and not knowing when to play them, how to play them. Just thinking, my dad says to use these when I'm not singing. <laughs> <laughs> and the Peterson Museum is like really loud and bouncy, oh, but there's well. no cushioning in that place. So, you know, who knows what, I don't remember what I played. I'm sure I played everything wrong. Oh, I love um, it. <laughs> and I, I just kept looking out the corner of my eye at the band leader, and I just kind of saw these looks that of <laughs> disapproval or cringing or whatever. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, you know, and I, you know, I did work for that band leader a handful of times after that too but it was pretty funny but that was my first uh, casual gig which was funny but um i love it but after that i started um put together a r&b band with a friend and that was fun and uh during those years that was the mid 90s mm -hmm. there was something called musicians contact service oh yes i think they're still around are they really uh-huh Okay, so back then they had like a phone line, what you paid to have a profile, you had like a voicemail of you singing your, just singing a quick demo into the phone so they know what you sounded like. Oh, wow. And you also, it was like a voicemail prompt they had, it was really interesting, like um, you would call into this number and then you would hear job listings and then you could call back and then they could somehow listen to your profile via voicemail or whatever and it would be your profile would I think it had like a demo of you singing but then there would there'd be another prompt where um you talked about what kind of work you were looking for or a description you just talk about yourself what you like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or whatever oh interesting yeah and at that time I I got a handful of gigs with some cover bands and I actually landed some sessions on that and there was there were some sessions that uh led to more and more sessions, which was great. And uh, I really just went for everything that I thought 
I was a good fit for. Yeah, um, it sounds like you've done quite a bit of session work too. Like, um, uh, let's see, I read on your bio um, <laughs> <laughs> that you've done uh, Pitch Perfect too, and uh, yeah, Ghost World, and you, your voice has been in Transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, talk, a, you know, I, I think uh, one one thing that a lot of singers, you know, wonder because we feel like at this point it's kind of a tough world to get into. Um, and you, you just mentioned a little bit about how you got into it, but um, talk a little bit about that world and like what's required and, you know, how, how do we get in if, if, if one isn't in already? Yeah, the session world, it, it is tough. And I have to say, I don't do a lot of it. I mean, I, I love it. And when the opportunities come, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, I don't put all my eggs in that basket, but if course, I did, maybe yeah. I would do, I would do more probably mm -hmm. if I did, but I'm, very happy doing live stuff. It's mm -hmm. fun and creative. Um, but anyway, yeah, to get into session singing, uh, let's see. You definitely have to put together a demo. Yeah. And how does one put together a demo? Um, if you've done sessions in the past, you know, the ones that you've been proud of or that where you're singing lead, mm -hmm. um, not background sessions, but lead. Um, if you can get copies of that and cut them and put them together in a reel. At least you have something to start with, you know, and it, yeah. it should be your best work. You don't want to put something in there where you're kind of like, eh, that was all right, but I'll throw it in there. Don't do that. Right. There's people, there are people who are really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. So you want to be your best amazing self. Right. Um, uh, as far as demos go, since we're talking about demos, I'll just stay in that for now. Um, what people are looking for is all over the place. Mm. So, don't try to be what you think they want you to be. Mm. Be what you do well. Right. Because if you're faking it, it'll be obvious. Yeah. And there's somebody else out there who is authentic that does it right. Absolutely. So if you, so if you want to be part of a, you know, a classical kind of choir on a film soundtrack, but that's not your voice because you're not trained in that, then, uh, you know, there's so many people who can do that. Do, do what you do. If you're a jazz singer and you can scat for days, do that. Right. Absolutely. You know, if you know how to do like some kind of, oh, what's, what do you call that? Like a Middle Eastern kind of yodel cry kind of thing. Ah, whatever. Right. One of those kind of people like do that. Definitely put that on because that's a specialty. Yeah. Um, if you're good at lots of things, then great. Um, you should include the things that you're all really just amazing. I think it's important because the industry is so saturated mm -hmm. and so many people trying to get in, you really shouldn't half-ass anything. Mm -hmm. You really should take yourself seriously. And it doesn't mean like, you know, ooh, the pressure, the pressure there's a delicate balance of striving and trying mm -hmm. versus relaxing and being cool and being yourself. Right. Um, finding that balance is, is a little tricky, mm. but I think trusting your gut on how a performance went mm. is your best way to judge. Um, Mm. Or also, or if, or if you don't trust your own gut or your own judgment, you could just think about like your experience 
singing and performing and what people respond to. Mm, absolutely. You know, well, let's say if you sing Natural Woman and people go bonkers every time you sing Natural Woman, well, maybe that's your best thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know, usually there's people, you, you get responses from people from a lot of the same things. And that's kind of a good gauge too. Absolutely. To know what you're good at. Right. Absolutely. And I think that really speaks to, um, well, being authentic. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's easy to get caught up in trying to be something. You know, we're not actors. We're singers. Yeah. Um, actors do try to be something. That's part of the gig is acting. But um, singing is a different kind of expression. And uh, mm. there's so many styles out there. And, and again, well, I'll go back to the actor thing. Actors, some people are better at comedy than they are at drama. Mm. Um, some better at, at theatrical kind of stuff versus uh TV or what have you. Mm. Um, and it goes for music, for sure. Mm. So uh, anyway, that's what I have to say about demos and how to present yourself. Mm. Um, but how to get in, there's no one path to do it. Right. Every, if you interview 100 session singers and ask them how they got into it, they're all going to tell you different things. Sure. Um, some people get into session singing because they were the receptionist at the jingle house. Mm. You know, they're working at a, at a, they're the receptionist at a recording studio and somebody ne needed them to come in and just try and sing something real quick. And next thing you know, they're doing it every day. Right. Some people get sessions because their boyfriend's a producer. Okay. That's fine too. Um, hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It, yeah, I mean, it's true. You know, or, you have, or maybe you went to school with a bunch of composers. You got friends that are composers and they hire you. Um, some people get jobs because they go to a musician's meetup and uh, they meet people who don't know any singers. Right. Um, other people can land session work just because they're really chummy with people who do session work. And singers do hire other singers for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, they you know they either refer someone who does what they do because they're not available. Um, it's like, oh gosh, I wish I could do this session, but I'm double booked. Could you do it? I know the perfect person. She sounds just like me, or she does what I do mm -hmm. just as well, and they send her in. Mm -hmm. Or, um, or it's something where they don't know. You know, I'm a pop singer, and somebody's asking me, "Hey, can you pull off an opera thing?" No but I know somebody who can kill it in opera and I'm going to send you somebody really amazing. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it's easiest for singers to meet other singers first and talk shop like this. Yeah. Um, and not just talk shop once, you know, like you have to see people all the time. You have to be front of mind and it's, it sounds so laborious, mm -hmm. but um, you can't disappear. You can't get too comfortable. You really, yeah. Um, should always work to be better. You should always yeah. um, be heard. And when you're, if you're out doing a live show, you got to let people know you're playing, invite people out, invite people out who you want to hear you. Yeah. Um, if you're doing an amazing church solo, let's say on a Saturday, uh, Sunday, hello, <laughs> on a Sunday, <laughs> and uh, you know it's going to be amazing and you really want someone to hear you, you invite somebody out to come hear you take it or offer say hey, what if you'd like to come to to my performance this sunday and i'll take you out to lunch afterwards yeah you know knock their socks off and then take them out to lunch and they're gonna love you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Um, as for me, the sessions have come through probably like all of those things that I talked about really. Um, I'm trying to think what my first sessions were from that musician's contact service. It was an ad, or maybe these days people are going on Craigslist or something, I don't know. Um, where I got one lead and this guy, he produced a lot of um, music for aerobics, fitness music. Oh, wow. So he would take cover tunes, let's say it was a Britney Spears song, and then he would do like a remix of it so that everything was in eight bar increments. So that if an aerobics teacher was teaching a class, everything was in perfect eight bar segments. And maybe he would change the BPM up or down. And then he would hire a sound alike to be Britney. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got hired to do like one. The first one I did was uh, they needed a Donna Summer sound alike. And he asked me if I had a demo to submit. And I said, I don't. I said, um, I'll come in and audition. And he says, oh, where do you live? And it turned out he lived like a mile from my house. Oh, so my gosh. His, I went to his house <laughs> to audition. Yeah. And I went into the studio. And he says, yeah, sing. Uh, we're doing a remix of On the Radio. So I went in there and I sang on the radio, just like a chorus. He says, you sound great. Let's just do the session right now. Bam. And so we did the nice. session right there. The audition became the session and there was my money in hand as I walked out. Nice. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. That's just how stuff happens, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. not really something that you can script or mm -hmm. anything like that. It's such a natural flow of just meeting people, I think, and, you know, uh, like you're saying, being at the top of mind, making sure that they, they know you can sing, them hearing you and, and all of that, going to the jams, you know. Yeah. And another thing that's really important, too, I think, is being available mm. or accessible. Mm -hmm. uh, it's easy in a town like L.A. when it takes a long time to get somewhere to drive somewhere. Mm -hmm. If somebody wants to meet you tomorrow night because they want you to audition for something, let's say, um, or they need you to submit a demo of something and you, and you got to record something to give to them. If you can get that to them right away, mm -hmm. whether it's recording it on your own and submitting it within the next couple hours or saying, Hey, you know what? I don't have something, but would you like me to come in? And they get in your car and drive an hour and a half to their house and do it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you want the job, show that you really want it and give it to them as soon as they ask for it. Yeah, absolutely. Cause somebody else will. <laughs> yeah. Also because, you know, we live in a fast paced world now with yeah. everything being, um, digital online everybody used to be able to just like google something there it is got it done and then yeah. they move on so if they're looking for a singer let's say they googled trying to find a singer and they haven't found that person but they're asking you can you work as fast as a google search to, to give them what they want mm. uh so yeah if somebody says hey can you sound like so and so i need a michael buble and uh you know you can kill Michael Bublé, but you don't have a demo of, of sounding like it. Well, then, um, if you don't have a recording setup, whatever, get your phone out and go to a quiet place and sing your heart out as Michael Bublé and text it to the producer. Yeah. They're going to appreciate that you took the time to do it. It might not be the best quality, but it shows that you are willing. Yeah. 
and you're going to put your all into it. And if you actually do a really good job at it, they're going to be like, oh my God, that was so awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they'll hear it. You know, they'll, if, you're, if it's right, they'll hear it. It doesn't have to be absolutely perfect. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're not all producers. So I think, you know, <laughs> you get some slack on, on stuff like that. If you can just like put your best foot forward and take the initiative, you think. And yeah, you know. yeah, it's easy to say, oh gosh, you know what? <sighs> you want me to come out and audition tomorrow? You know what? I had dinner plans with my friend tomorrow night. Cancel your dinner plans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I was going to go see a movie. I'm like, really? Like, I, I can think of, I can't tell you how many times where I've had um, singers hit me up online. Maybe they land on my website or find me on Facebook and they'll be like, Hey, I want to pick your brain about singing. You know, I'm interested in this or that. And then, you know, I'll listen to their demo and they sound great mm -hmm. and they're nice and they look good. And then I'll have an opportunity to give them and I'll be like, Hey, I got something this Saturday. Would you want to take this gig? I think you'd be perfect for it. I'm sure it'd be a good foot in the door for such and such. And they'd be like, Oh, well, oh, where is it? Oh, well, it's kind of far. Really? Or, you know, no. wrong answer if yeah. you're trying to get in. Yeah. You know, or, oh gosh, yeah, I was, yeah, I was supposed to watch a movie tomorrow. Like, you know. Somebody told you they were supposed to watch a movie. Or, I, I, or there was dinner <laughs> plan. But, you know, I mean, there's, there's oh so my much God. of that. It's like, <laughs> like it, it shows how much you, you want it or don't want it. Yes. You know? Boo. No. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or here's another thing too. Maybe it's somebody who is a seasoned pro and they've moved here from another city mm. and they don't know anybody yet. And they're just trying to get out and meet people. And then I'd be like, well, how much does it pay? It doesn't pay a lot, but you'd meet a lot of people if you went and did it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. I, I kind of get that. But at the same time, you're not going to meet anybody if you don't get out there. Right. You know, you got to think about, what are you trying to do? If you're trying to get out there and get your name out or be heard, yeah, get out there and get heard. Who cares if it's a hundred dollar gig? You yeah. know, just just get out there. It's not gonna, you know, I don't know what else you're gonna do. Watch Game of Thrones. I don't know, but I mean, you know, just <laughs> so yeah. Tonight you're not doing anything anyway. You know, it's yeah, no skin skin off your nose really. To I mean, yes, you need to get out and and uh, get to know people, and they need to hear you. You know. Mm -hmm. that's how they trust uh trust you they're like this person can yeah. sing this person can hold down a gig you know this person's got vocal stamina and and whatever else is required a great tone i've seen what she does blah blah, blah. but they have to they have to hear you yeah they know how to harmonize with it yeah yeah absolutely so yeah there's so many important things i mean i could probably make a huge list we could talk all night about oh my stuff, gosh but, um, i know oh well let me let's switch gears a little bit because i want to talk about um your where do i have it here your workshop that you've been um doing for a while now um career and the authentic self yeah and um tell us a little bit about that and what inspired you to create it and and all of that i I'll tell you, I was actually inspired by um, an event that my daughter went to because she's a tween, and uh, it was a, it was a, what, what did they call it? It was a self-esteem retreat for tweens or something like that. And and she went and she told me what they did, and it just sounded so great. And I was like, wow, you know, it, it was something just to for her to talk about her feelings, um, insecurities 
booster insecure, booster self-esteem, all the kind of stuff. <laughs> anyway, um, and I thought that was really nice. And I'm thinking adults kind of need this too, don't they? Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't want to like take that exactly for it was, but I thought it's it's different for adults. I think mm. I identify with the singer community, and you know, having the Singer Friends LA group on Facebook. Yes. And hearing, seeing the posts there, what people are looking for or mm -hmm. questions that people have, I kind of think um, people need direction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and they need to feel good about themselves. And it's easy to be in an industry where it's easy to get caught up when you're in this industry to try and knock on every single door or look on social media and see that your peers are doing something and, oh, I got to do that, or, oh, I got to do that, or they're doing it and I'm not. Um, we get so out of touch with ourselves. Mm. And we forget why we're doing this to begin with. Why did we get into singing? Mm, absolutely. Why, why, what do we enjoy about our jobs? Um, now that other person is doing that other, you know, amazing gig that looks, you know, so amazing on on uh, social media but maybe that's not the job you want but you gotta check yourself mm. um or you might not even be right for that one so don't get yourself down over something like that right um we all have our own thing to offer we all have our talents we all have things that make us hireable and we all have things that we enjoy and we don't enjoy. And there's so many different ways to make money. There's so many opportunities to make money in this industry, but you gotta know what's right for you. Right. You know, or maybe you've been doing something that you've enjoyed all your career. Maybe you've had a long 20 year career, but you kind of go, gosh, you know, I got to stop and just look at, at what I'm doing. Am I happy with this? Am I cool with this? You know what? I might want to change something up or maybe I'm not making enough money or maybe I'm not doing enough creative stuff. You know, can I just sit here and work this out? And so the authenticity and career workshops are about just figuring that out. And we all have our own answers really. Mm. Um, it's a place where we can be honest with ourselves. It's a place where we can be honest with each other. And it's, it's hard to be honest when we're so concerned about how people see us or anyway, but the workshops, there's different exercises and worksheets where you work on your self image mm. and how you're represented. Or there's another page where I've got um, th how people see you, things about your career path, where you started, where you are now, what happened along the way. Mm. Um, what's coming up? Do you know what's coming up? Do you care what's coming up? Do you want something to change or maybe you're happy? Or what do you need to eliminate? Mm. Um, then there's things about just like looking at everything that you do and the pros and cons of every single thing you do. What do you mean by that? Career. Uh, like, let's say taking a list of jobs. Okay, like I sing at a church gig, I do sessions, I teach voice lessons, I wait tables. And, and then you go through all of these and, and we kind of assess each one. Um, what you like about each and what you don't like about each. Or is there anything there that 
that needs to go? Is there anything where you go, you know what, I do this and I enjoy it a lot and I make good money and maybe I need to do that more and I'm not putting enough focus on that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh gosh, how dumb. I, I make great money doing this thing. How come I don't spend more time on that? I don't know. I'm probably too caught up doing this other thing mm-hmm. because it's easy or whatever. Or maybe I need, a, maybe I need to add something to my list of, of gigs um, that challenges me more in my talents. Maybe I need something that's going to help me become a better reader. Maybe I need something mm. that's going to help me network more. Maybe I need something that's going to um, help me broaden my repertoire mm. or something like that. We all have different things that we're interested in and, and things that we're good at or bad at, things that we want to work on. But we got to make sure we're barking up the right trees. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Putting our eggs in the right baskets. I'm sure we got plenty of baskets, but you know, right. do we need all of them? Right. <clears throat> um, that kind of thing. And what do you think are some of the biggest roadblocks for um, singers, uh, you know, that have, that you've seen over the years or that have come through your workshop? What are there common themes that kind of come up? Fear is one, of course. Mm-hmm. We all feel it. Of course. Um, you know, fearful to make a leap. Yeah. Um, being being too comfortable in something. Mm. Um, not knowing how to do it. Mm. I want to get into session singing. How do I do it? You know, there are people out there who are willing to help you. Um, and that's actually a part of the workshop where we can actually brainstorm ideas where it's like, okay, I don't know how to do this. Or I don't know how to pursue this. How do I do it? So a lot of this is more just like working within yourself and you don't have to share um, your answers, but some of it is like, okay, now we need to help each other and, yeah. and talk about things and, and bounce ideas off. Yeah. You know, and when everybody's in the same boat, it's easy to just, um, be honest and helpful. Cause you realize we are all in the same boat really. Yeah, I love that. I, you know, I, I, I love the, um, and for people who are listening and don't know, you've also got the Singer Friends LA page, which is just a wonderful community that you've built over the years. And um, why don't you talk Thank a little you. bit about that, actually? We'll come back to the, uh, to the workshop, but I would love for you to talk about sure. Singer Friends. Singer Friends grew a life of its own. Oh my gosh. Um, Singer Friends started out as an email list. I have my Google contacts and I group things together by instrument or family or whatever. And I had a group of my singer friends, Mm. which I think, and I don't throw anything away, by the way, I keep everything. So (laughs) emails that I had saved over, over the years, I think I had about a hundred singers in my singer friends contacts group in my email and um, I thought, wouldn't it be fun to get all these singers together just to go out and have drinks sometime? Um, Mm. Not that that's such a novel idea, but I thought I've got friends who I sing with once in a while, but most of the time as a lead singer, I sing by myself Mm -hmm. Um, and I sub for so-and-so or vice versa. And I realized like, you know, I sub for this girl all the time, but I never get to actually hang out with her. We never meet. You know, or, right. you know, and I thought it'd be so cool to get everybody together and just like hang out and be like, oh, that's who you are. Oh, my God. And this was before social media was as big as it was. Um, I'm trying to think how many years ago it was, like nine years ago, something like that. Mm. So I just sent out an email to that group saying, 
hey, let's do a late night happy hour. Let's meet at this sushi place on a Thursday night. Bring all your business cards and let's just hang out. And I think about 20 people showed up. Wow. To the sushi bar and we had the best time. Oh my God, it was just so much fun because you saw the connections happening right there. Yeah. Um, oh, you're that person. I've heard her talk about you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I do this and you do that. Or how do I get into this? Well, we do that. And then right there, live in person, it was happening. You know, the jazz singers were meeting up. The rock singers were meeting up. The top 40 gals were meeting up. The mm -hmm. theater girls were talking. And you just kind of saw this, this really neat uh, bonding. Mm happen and, and business cards were being exchanged and they were like oh my gosh we should do this all the time and I said yeah we'll do these happy hours yeah I'll just keep doing them you know why not just have happy hour it's fun so I did a handful of those but that night um a friend of mine Vivian Lesiak or Vivian Gaines is her name um her married name she says you should put a group on Facebook. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> you know, I was, I was on Facebook, but I didn't really do very much. It's just, Oh, you just, you know, make a group and like, you know, you, uh, you know, all these people here can be in a group and it'd be fun. And we could just like talk online. And I was like, Oh, I guess so. You know, whatever. She says, Oh, I know how to set. I'll set it up for you if you want. I was like, okay. So she set it up for me and it just started growing. And next thing you know, people started sharing with their friends. And I think nine years later, or eight years, forget. Anyway, uh, we're about 3,000 people big. Wow. Yeah, I think. Last time I checked. Um, yeah. That's and wow. it's amazing. You didn't know there was that many singers in L.A., right? Wow, yeah. And I've seen some <laughs> singers who aren't um, exactly in L.A., but, you know, kind of reach out with questions. Sure. Too. Sure. But uh, yeah, and yeah. you know the basic guidelines for anybody who hasn't been on the on the page. Um, it's a private group, so um, I'll let you in, or my assistant will let you in. Um, but basically, the the rules are: it's a place for sharing. It's a non-judgmental group, so um, you you can basically go there and just if you have questions. You can ask questions. Yeah. If you have a workshop that's going to be of some benefit to other singers, you can definitely do that. Or if you share a video that mm -hmm. seems like something that would be important, um, it is not a place to promote yourself. Like, hey, I've got a CD release show coming out. You know, come to my show. Yes. That will be flagged and removed. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just a place for sharing, and it's really great. It'll be people talking about like you know, what's the best mic to buy or how do I get into corporate gigs or, um, you know, do I need to join the union for this or that? It's just all kinds of sharing. Yeah. And it's amazing to see how many people are just willing to share their, mm -hmm. their knowledge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'll do shows once in a while, which you got to do the first one, which I was so happy to have you, you were awesome. That was, um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so great yeah so it was it was the natural evolution of this group yeah um to bring it back to the organic way of meeting again in person mm -hmm. um to bring singers together to meet up in person but also not just put the names and the faces together 
in real life, but to actually hear their voices. Right. It's like, oh, there you are. Oh, and that's what you look like when you perform, and uh, which that's what you sound like. Mm -hmm. And I'm when I put the shows together, I do have a formula that I use, and it's basically the criteria is I get seven vocalists who are featured, and I try my best to choose people who don't normally work together mm. and people who do not sing the same genre mm -hmm. or at least not known for a certain genre. So um, I'll choose someone who is a great musical theater singer. I'll choose somebody who's totally doing the rock thing. I'll mm -hmm. choose someone who does the singer songwriter thing. I'll choose the R&B gal. I'll choose the, um, what am I forgetting? Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. And I, again, like I was saying earlier in the, the interview, show me what you do best. And I already kind of know what you do best, but I, I want you to bring it and choose the song that represents you and what you do best. Yeah. And the first set of the show is the featured vocalist taking a solo with the song of their choice and just killing it because they got to choose. Yeah. And that's so fun. And it's always such a big eye opener. Like, wow, because everybody is bringing their best game yeah. right there from the get go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's fun to hear the variety too. It's like, wow, look at all these amazing people. Mm -hmm. look at all, like they do so many different things. Oh my gosh. Like I can't do that, but she can do that. Oh, that's amazing. And then we'll take a break. And then I do prize drawings um, for singers. I'll get, different donated prizes uh for the singers who come to attend because i also like you know it's not just to come and watch these people on stage but i want singers to come and hang out yeah and meet and congregate and again kind of like a that cocktail hour on steroids you know right yeah more more people showing up and meeting and sharing a drink and talking during the break and so anybody who's attending gets entered into a drawing and then these donated prizes might be like um, eight weeks of sight singing lessons at the union with Gerald White, or it might be um, a free vocal screening with Dr. Gupta at Cedars, mm -hmm. or um, you know, or a headshot session with a photographer. All kinds of things that we all need. Right. So that's fun to give away, and then the you know people winning prizes makes me happy. They get all excited. It's like, <laughs> yeah. <I'm good>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at the end of, uh, sorry, the second half of the show, I get all of these singers again who are very different from the other. I'll pick ensemble pieces for them to sing together. So not only are they on the stage together, you know, doing their own thing, but now they get to sing together. And they're slightly out of their comfort zone. They're doing a style of music that maybe they wouldn't do, but they're doing it in harmony and everybody's kind of in the same boat. Again, I keep saying that. People mm -hmm. are in the same boat. Um, it might be a four-part harmony song. It might be something that they're sharing leads on. And it's just really, really fun. Just, just yeah. super fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, what's even more fun about it for me, the creative part of that show that I like is um, choosing the material because they're not the songs that you would do on a casual gig or a bar gig. It's going to be something that we get to sing because it's actually cool music. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. something a little out of the box. Right. Um, that showcases 
your talent. Um, yeah. And then at the very end, I always, I like to be inclusive and I want it to feel lovey-dovey and family. And so the last two songs will be something that requires every singer in the audience. I want every singer in the audience to be up on stage at the end. And so when you have a crowd of people up on stage all singing, ain't no mountain high enough or, you know, something that has a fun right, choir yeah. type of chorus. It's just amazing. You just see all these people together and people are happy and they're, they're mm -hmm. feeling, feeling like they've made new friends that night. And it's, it's awesome. It's a feel good thing. I lose money every time I do it, but I love it. <laughs> 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 I hope to change that. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I put together a house band to back them up and, um, an amazing band by the way. Really. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I plot out everybody's harmony parts. Um, yeah. I assign everything. So it's, it's yeah. really a fun labor of love. And yeah. I appreciate everybody who comes to attend. Because mm -hmm. again, this is another one of those things where people who show up to these shows, I totally pay attention mm. to who's there and who didn't come. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you care about the singer community or if you're, interested in breaking in if you show up that really says a lot because we live in a city where people just don't show up to things or yeah. say, oh, let, oh let me know the next one i'm like no why don't you show up this time yeah you know um, true yeah it really says a lot um and i think those are the people that are having a lot of successes because they do show up to things people remember people take notice and uh it shows that you are making an effort and effort is is a big deal absolutely yeah and commit effort and commitment i think is another thing too commitment is big absolutely. commitment to yourself commitment to others for sure yeah and yeah. and you know this is just it can be like such a brutal business you know there can be times where you're working a lot and you know other times where you're not you know you could just uh, not hear anything from any anyone for a long while. What do you do during those times? I guess on a practical level, and maybe sort of on a uh, sort of on a soul level. You know, just to kind of stay inspired and and uh, and remind yourself, you know, why you love music. If you ever have to, maybe 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 you don't have to remind yourself. I don't know, but oh sure. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm <clears throat> sorry. No, everybody does. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, people who are, you know, quote, at the top of their game, those people that, you know, say, oh, gosh, she, she gets all the gigs. I'm sure they have slow times, too. Yeah. Everybody does. Again, we're all in the same boat. We're doing the same things. It's just a different mishmash of, of jobs for this person or that person. Um, but, yeah, how to deal with the ebbs and flows of work. Mm -hmm. You have to be proactive, and it doesn't have to be anything big. Um, what I do, for one, if there's somebody who hires me pretty often and it stops for a while, then I, I just check in. And it doesn't mean I have to call or, you know, be like, hey, you know, why aren't you hiring me? <laughs> it's, just a, <laughs> it's just an email saying, hey, how's it going? You know, I, maybe I'll bring up something. Hey, I saw that commercial on TV that you did and that's so cool, you know. Yeah. Hope you're doing great. Let me know if you need me for anything in the future. You know, talk to you soon. Yeah. N nothing. 
you know, they don't have to say anything. They don't have to respond. Yeah. Just like, hey, thought about you today. Um, but I also look at my calendar too, and I do this every month because every month's income is different. Right. I'll look at the upcoming month and I start adding everything up. Okay, so next month I'm making this and this and this and this and this and this and, this and add it up again. And sometimes the number is scary and I go, oh, that's all I'm making next month. All right, well, um, hmm. I know who I could reach out to and just be like, hey, just so you know, I'm open this weekend, this weekend. Let me know if you need me. Yeah. Simple like that. Just proactive and some, you know, especially if it's somebody who, you know, already likes you a lot. Yeah. That's not hard to do. Yeah. I think it's remember, it's important to like, remember that that's not, I mean, that's kind of, and I, I've gotten this answer from, you know, uh, musicians as well, guitar players and sax players and whoever that they just reach out if they see, you know, uh, calendar's looking a little sparse for the next couple of months. It's not an embar mm -hmm. it's nothing to be embarrassed about. You just, <laughs> you know, check in and you gotta yeah. do that, you know? I mean, there's, there's something about checking in. There's another thing about desperation. Like I, yes. I feel like I've been around <laughs> singers who were like, they hear somebody talking about a gig and they all of a sudden they bust right in. Ooh, what is it? Hey, uh, oh how do I God. get in? And it's like, well, it's like, well, you know, like, you know, they're, they're almost like that, that dog, like, hey, 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 what's he? <laughs> Tail wagon, <laughs> you know? It's like, whoa. You know, yeah. cool down, you know, and, you know, and this, you know, I get it. We all get it. You know, you want work. We all want work. Um, right. You can't come off as desperate. Sure. But you got to, you know, but you got to show that you're eager. And when you get the job, you got to be grateful for the job. Right. I can't tell you another pet peeve I have is um, people who I've been with on gigs, let's say, and they're hemming and hawing all night about this or that. Uh Oh God, I hate that. Oh my goodness. You know, if it's, let's say, you know, I'm singing at a wedding gig or something and we have to sit in the back and they're feeding us sandwiches or whatever. And the guy's going, oh man, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, yeah, they couldn't even feed us real food or blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, but now we got to sing, you know, these, these stupid songs. I'm thinking, you know what? You could stay home next time. Really? Let somebody else take your job. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't say that. I'm just saying, but like, Right off the, when I hear somebody complaining on the job, I'm like, oh my God, come on. Or just, you got to be grateful for your work. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be happy to be working there. If you're Absolutely. not happy, mm -hmm. then maybe you need to reassess. And again, that, that kind of goes with that authenticity workshop. If you're, you know, if you're not happy doing the job, then you need to be doing something else because yeah. other people would be so happy to be there. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of the human default I've noticed is to complain. And it, I think it takes, sometimes it takes a little bit of work to, you know, uh, turn that around. You know, I, I know that's something I've monitored in myself <laughs> and I try not to, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to, I never, uh, I certainly don't show up to gigs complaining, but I, I will say that I have not, you know, asked people to be on my gigs because I've overheard them say, maybe on a gig that I wasn't lead on, I remember a guy saying that he didn't care about anybody's, uh, anybody else's music but his own. Like he literally said this, and he <laughs> would only work so hard on somebody else's stuff. And I was like, wow. wow. Oh, really? Okay, well, I'll never hire you. <laughs> and he's, exactly. And this guy's played huge gigs. I mean, 
he still plays huge kicks. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he's really good at what he does, but just to, you know, uh, he's not terrible in any way. I, I wonder how much better he could be if he had a better attitude, but just to know that he thinks that way, I, I wouldn't ask him to do anything, you know? Yeah. I really, if you think a gig is beneath you, then you shouldn't do it. Absolutely. You know, I, I really, I, I don't like that snootiness at all. It really turns me off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. So, uh, soul searching when times are slow, right? Yes. When, when the work is slow. Yes. Um, so that's where you go to a place of gratitude. Right. Mm. That's, that's where you go to a place of gratitude. You know, you got to stop and think, I'm making money singing and mm. I have been, and it's been great. And I can't take it for granted that it's going to be that way all the time. People would only dream of having this career that I have. Mm. People think, Oh, I, it's not like a real, I can't really do that. I mean, like, you know, I look, I've got a family, you know, I'm thinking, well, I've got a family, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. people just don't, don't even think you can do it. Um, so the fact that you're doing it at all, good for you. And you don't suck just because there's nobody calling you this month. Doesn't mean you suck or you're a loser or you're undesirable, mm. you, know, you know, or not hireable. Um, I think what I've, this is a weird, okay, this is a weird spiritual law that I, that has happened for me. I kid you not. Whatever I focus my energy on, like, let's say I'm in my home studio recording something that's not a paid thing. Maybe I'm just like recording a demo for myself. I want to update my reel or a friend asked me to do a favor for them and I, I do something in the studio for them. Lo and behold, I'll get a call for a paid one, mm. you know, or if I'm talking about teaching a lot and I'm spending all my money, sorry, spending all my time on uh, preparing for students, I start getting more students. Mm. It really does happen. If I ever feel like, gosh, I wish, you know, such a, something would happen in this department. I just start doing that thing. Mm. Wow. For, for not, not for pay. I'll just do it. Wow. And a lot of times the call comes in and it comes from the most random place too. Oh, that's another thing too. How I was talking about uh, checking in and telling people, Hey, I've got, you know, availability next month and letting your contacts know that you're available to work. Usually those people that I call right back and say, Oh, sorry, I don't have anything, but I'll keep you in mind for other things. But, I'll get a phone call from someone who I haven't heard from in five years. Wow. Because I did the little email blast to say, Hey, I'm open. Mm-hmm. I, I told someone in the, in the universe that I'm open and those people directly didn't get back to me to tell me that they had work, but some mm-hmm. random person heard me say it. Wow. Somewhere the, the, the message got out there in the universe to, to someone else and the call came in. No. Wow, that's so amazing. And that's just how it works, isn't it? It's just how it seems to work. You just gotta keep plowing away. And maybe you don't have the money for the bills this month and you just have to, you know, I don't know if you drive for Uber or do whatever you do, walk dogs or whatever, just to make extra money. You do what you gotta do. No, there's no, nothing wrong about that or, you know, to feel bad about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not like, um, 
there aren't other careers where there's ebbs and flows with work. Right. You know, anybody who's in sales might have a great month or a sucky month. Doesn't mean they're a bad salesman. If they have good months, then they probably are a good salesman. Yeah. Just this month wasn't the month for them. That's how it is, but you got to get used to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 and I, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I also kind of um, listen to the signals from the universe too. Like if something starts to thin out, I'll panic and be like, how come I don't have any vocal students this month? You're, oh, I need to drum up work. And sometimes I kind of go, you know what? Maybe I don't need those. Mm. Maybe that's, maybe that's clearing out because it's making room for something else. And sometimes that is the case. A lot of times that is the case. Mm. And then I don't panic and I don't miss the thing that, that disappeared. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting, but I, I find that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of am Zen about things. I, I just roll with what, what comes my way mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm accepting and I kind of go, okay, all right. That's what's happening. That's okay. In the meantime, I guess I'll focus my energy on something else unless I'm really, you know, missing that other thing. And I feel like, no, I need to have that. I need to have that because it's so, so important for my soul or whatever. I need that thing. Then maybe I would fight, but I don't fight too hard. Mm for things that disappear it's like okay it's gone it's and that's all right mm. you know but it depends i mean i guess again if it's something that you feel like it's something you're going to miss dreadfully then you then you have to fight to get it back but mm. um mm -hmm. yeah i think sometimes things just happen the way they're supposed to absolutely yeah you know those students could it could be a, a slow or no month for students because a tour is about to come up, you know, and, and you just don't, right. you just don't know it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah. And I find this with my husband's career too. My husband works freelance and uh, you know, he's had a new business idea that he's been pursuing and he started losing other clients leading up to this, this transition. And he's, you know, part of it is like, ah, I can't afford to lose these clients. But at the same time, he can't make this other business thing move if some clients fall away. He would have had to fire them or let them go anyway mm. to make this other thing happen. So it's kind of like, I see it happening with him. Mm. So it's, it's a universal truth to me. Um, so I, I don't worry. Mm. Yeah. Don't worry and reach out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't sit there and think it's all going to fall on your lap. You know. Yeah. Just, you know, keep keep being the best you that you are. Yeah. Keep showing that you're grateful for the work that you have. If you're not grateful for it, don't do it. Right. If if you want more of it, then put more energy into that. Yeah. Um. Be a good friend to those. Be sure to give. Um. You know, provide opportunities for others. Yeah. You know, if somebody calls you for something and you're not available, oh, sorry, I can't make it. Take that one step further. Say, sorry, I can't take this job, but let me send you somebody who would kill it. Yeah, that goes a long way. I must that goes a long way. It really does. You know, giving is a big deal. And that, it makes you feel good to know if you got somebody else a job. 
Yeah. And they appreciate it. And if you send somebody who's really amazing, the person who hot, who wanted to hire you is going to be like, that was so awesome of you to hire this awesome person Mm -hmm. where I thought you were irreplaceable. This other person's great. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember to call me too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. That's awesome. Well, cool. This is really wonderful. I'm so glad we got the chance to do this. Um, Where can we find out about your, more about your workshop? Ah, go on to Facebook and look up Empowered Singer Workshops. Mm. It's a new page. I also have a Percussion for Singers workshop. Um, there's some other ones. There's Cover Band 101 that's going to be great. Um, oh, nice. As well as there's also a Harmony at Play workshop. That's uh, all about people who want to get into background singing and learning to harmonize better. Go to Empowered Singers Workshops and um, be sure to like and uh the workshops are going to be great. Really useful stuff that yeah. uh, they're going to they're going to help you with your career for sure. Awesome, wonderful. And Singer Friends LA, join Singer Friends LA. Singer on Friends Facebook LA as well. And your website, mm-hmm. FeliceMusic.com. That's spelled F-E-L-I-C-E Music.com. Wonderful. Yep. So great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jamila. (laughs) Have a great day. You too. So much fun. All right, guys. Awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. So here are the singing lessons. Number one, put together a demo with you singing lead and doing your best work. Two, in the singing world, what people are looking for is all over the place. Don't try to be what you think they want you to be. Do what you do well. If you're faking it, it'll be obvious and there's somebody else out there, authentic, who does it right. Number three, don't half-ass anything. Take yourself seriously. Number four, singers hire other singers. They either will refer someone who does what they do because they're not available, or they refer someone who kills it in an area that they don't. Number five, you should always work to be better. Number six, we all have our own thing to offer. There are so many opportunities to make money in this industry, but you've got to know what's right for you. Number seven, effort and commitment are a big deal. Number eight, when work is slow, that's when you go to a place of gratitude. Number nine, be sure to give and to provide opportunities for others. So much good stuff there, you guys. You can download this cheat sheet and you can find the link to that in the show notes of this episode. And um, just a little more information about some upcoming Empowered Singer Workshops. Saturday, April 27th, Career and the Authentic Self, Work Smart, Work Happy. That is 12.30 to 3.30. That one's led by Felice Hernandez at uh, the Epiphany Space, 1763 North Gower Street here in Los Angeles, 90028. And, uh, you know, there's more upcoming workshops. There is Cover Band 101. Um, There is Movement for Singers, which I will most certainly be at. Um, Social Media Marketing, um, Get Paid, Negotiation and Contracts, and so much more. So brilliant. Great stuff here. Um, You can find out about all of that at EmpoweredSingerWorkshops.com. And go there, ask your questions, get more information if you need it. 
Um, I'm certainly going to be at some of those events. Um, so important to, you know, work on some of these skills, get some of this advice, especially with the um, negotiating. I know many of us are very uncomfortable with doing that and really just don't know how to do it, you know, don't know what it entails. So that's an important one. Um, they're all great. So yeah, guys, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I really do. Um, let me know what you think um, in the comments. Uh, on Instagram, I post there almost every day. On Facebook, um, you can email me, like I said, jamila at jamilaford.com. Keep in touch. I miss you all week. <laughs> um, but, you know, I will talk to you next week. I love you. I appreciate you. Have a good one.